0: All right, welcome back to The Big Program. Time now for On The Mark, fueled by Booster Juice. Download the new Booster Juice rewards app today to start earning berry points for delicious and nutritious smoothies, drinks, and food that will get you through the day as we welcome in Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Good morning, Spec.
1: morning. Nice to have a game day back. Yeah. Let's get after it here. Got a new player in town. A new team coming in tonight. What the heck, man? Let's go.
0: <laughs> a new team, yeah. You got that right with Columbus. Uh, this is right from the beginning of the year with the whole Mike Babcock thing. This team hasn't been able to get out of its way again. It's, it's, tough. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Uh, they got Boone Jenner back from a bust to jaw. To me, he's always their best player. Yeah. I really like Boone Jenner. He's a good player, man. Mm-hmm. Um, He's their captain, and he broke his jaw and missed a bunch of time. They had the Mike Babcock fiasco. They're the – what are they? Are they not the 28th-place team in the NHL again? I don't know how the GM there – you know, good Yarmo's a good man, but he's had a long time, Yarmulkekekelein, to turn that thing around, and it ain't turning around, pal. I don't know how he keeps the gig.
0: He's going to be on the Jason Greger show this afternoon, Spec, I think at 2.20. Is that correct? Yes, 2.20. Oh, great. So I mean he'll discuss where this Jackets team is. You're right. They have got 37 points, there, 14 wins. Their goal differential stinks. Uh everything about this team. And I mean, Zach Werenski's been out, Patrick Laine. I mean, they 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 get Patrick Laine, he's a shadow of what he was in Winnipeg. But hopefully they get Werenski back here. I think maybe Thursday is what they're talking about. So
1: Well you know what's amazing? Remember that the the best line at that World Junior was Aho with Liney and Puljars? Mm-hmm. And everybody coming out of that thing had, you know, figured I mean Puljary won the MVP, right? That year. Uh Liney was went into Winnipeg and scored 40 or whatever he scored. And Aho was just sort of the third wheel on that line, really, like in everybody's estimation. He was wasn't he was the third guy. And here we are However, many years later into everyone's NHL career, there's no question who the best player is. Man, it's Aho by some margin. Liney's fallen right off, and you know Priarvi's had his hip issues and he's struggling. You know he's scuffling away to make it back up. But my point is, uh, Ajo is far and away the best guy, and I think we all had that wrong coming out of that World Junior.
0: Yeah, you know Liney came out of the out of Finland there, and he had 44 goals his second year. As you said uh, in Winnipeg, but he was 36 the year before and 30. But he has just, you know, he's only played 18 games this year. He, he, for some reason, he has not. And he's such a big guy, and he's got a powerful shot. And you remember Speck in that World Junior? It was actually Yesepulia Yarvi who was in the Alex Ovechkin spot on the power play. Yeah. He was he was the guy that was firing in the one timers from there. And you, he was. yeah. And you're right. Aho by far has turned out to the most uh, the most consistent and the best player out of that group. So. I know.
1: So you know what? There you go. Drafting seventeen-year-olds, right? Like, you know. Uh, listen, I, I know, and people in town think I hate Puljarevi, which is not true. I've I've just know what, You know, I've yeah. watched the player play. Uh, but I'll tell you what. When I hear people say, "What was Pete Shirelli doing? picking and Yessi fourth? What a dummy!" I'm like every GM in the National Hockey League would have picked that player at number four, mm-hmm. right? He was cu- he would look absolutely fantastic, and he fell down to you at four. Every GM picks him. Like, didn't work out and all that stuff, but I'm not pinning that on boy Pou- R on Shirelli. That was the pick everybody would have made.
0: Well, and if you go back to how that draft worked, Yarmo Kekalainen had the three pick, and everyone assumed that he was going to take Pulley Rv with the Finnish and- connection. And then, right. the, and then the Oilers. If you remember, Spec, and, and not a lot of people know this, but the Oilers did not want to take Pierre Luc Dubois at four. They were going. They had they had a name bar with Mikhail Sergachev's name on it.
1: They had Sergachev. That's what they had. They were the big debate that year was, it, it was sort of for everybody after three or four was. It, which defenseman do you like better? Do you like Ole Yolevi better, or do you like Sergachev better? Remember, mm-hmm. like, and there is a ton of debate back and forth. And I believe didn't Yolevi go ahead of Sergachev to Vancouver?
0: For sure, he did. Yeah, because Sergachev yeah. didn't. He went nine or ten to Montreal.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Benning, he was on the team. Yolevi. he liked, your, and yeah. Jim Benning is. You know, say what you want about Jim Benning as a GM in Vancouver. He's a hell of a judge of 17- and 18-year-old talent, and he stalked that Vancouver team with draft picks that are now, have them in first place in the league. But he got that one wrong. I mean, even a guy that, that does it for a living and knows what he's doing, mm-hmm. uh, there's no question now who's a better player, Sergey Chevrolet. Yolevi basically never played. Uh, which was amazing that that a guy could fall from where he was well, at, and that that was a volatile draft, eh? When you look at it, like Matthew Kachuk those guys, Matthew Kachuk at, Matthew at six, right? Matthew Kachuk was the best player in the draft, probably. Yeah.
0: Well, Matthews is the best player, but you know, but I guess Matthews, yeah,
1: first overall, that's fair, that's yeah.
0: fair. Uh, but Matthew Kachuk was right there. I mean, he's still right there as one of the premier players. a Little off season this year after you know last year he was up, you know, was in heart Trophy discussions, so.
1: Oh, yes. Anyway, there you go. You're picking 17-year-olds, and it's hard, man. It's, <laughs> it sounds easy five years later, six years later, to go, oh, I should have had that guy. But it's not that easy. Mm-hmm.
0: So, Corey Perry, yesterday, spec kind of, you know, said all the right things. Didn't want to do a deep dive into Chicago, and everyone gets that. Uh, but he's kind of in the process of, you know, being a better person, which is – what everyone expected him to say and he needed to uh-huh. say and wanted to fans wanted to hear. So I think everyone's pretty happy and pretty excited about when he gets into the lineup and what he can contribute to this team.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, the only thing I would clear up from yesterday is, and Ken Holland never, didn't answer the question. Someone asked him, did you find out what happened in Chicago? And he kind of hemmed and hawed. Mm-hmm. I'm here to tell you, Ken Holland knows exactly what happened in Chicago. Yeah. Right? He knows exactly what happened in Chicago, and he's spoken to Corey Perry about it, and they're obviously fine going forward. But this isn't a mystery to the Oilers or to any GM out there who thought he was going to try to sign Corey Perry. You know, he would know. So, having said that, Corey Perry, he's that guy that. You know, to me, if you're if you're bringing him in to be a second line player, you miss the boat by about six or seven years. Uh, if you're bringing him in as the Oilers are to be a depth guy, you know, third, fourth line right winger, uh, pop him up in case of injury in a short term basis to fill in for guys. That's what he'll do. They got him at exactly the right time. This is, you know, they don't need Corey Perry to come in here and score 20 goals the rest of the season. They need him to do what he does best, and and. You know, he gives them that size on the fourth line. They've added Holloway in the re- last game. Uh, the Oilers got a whole lot better this week, and they're already on a 21-3 run.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, 23-6 run uh, under coach Chris Knobloch. How about this? I, we talked about it off the top of the show. Where would you rank him in discussion for Jack Adams right now, even though he came in, you know, with uh, at, at the point of the season that he did? But 23-6 and six under Knobloch, still got 40 games to go or whatever.
1: Well, he still hasn't passed Rick Tockett. There's no doubt about that in my mind. Okay. You know, Rick Rick Tockett took a team that we all questioned. Here, Mia culpa. I didn't. I picked Vancouver to miss the playoffs this year, yeah. and so did many, many other people. And the rest of the world had him as a bubble team. So no one's catching Rick Tockett unless something goes sour in Vancouver. Um, but I mean, I can't see. Knobloch's team keeping the pace they're on for the next whatever they got left 40 games Um, you know if they do let's talk again about Jack Adams because this guy will take over first place in the Pacific but uh, at this point he's you know he might might find the ballot but he's not passing Rick Tockett in my eyes
0: Mark Spector, Roger Sportsnet, our daily contributor at 8 o'clock for Booster Juice on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1448-11 in Edmonton. So three games before the break here, all very, very winnable, but uh, they always say one at a time, Spec and uh, Columbus comes in here, a team that you would think you would have the opportunity to make it 14 in a row, but uh, you know what they always say, uh, <laughs> whenever you kind of look lesser upon your opponent, that's when you can kind of get in trouble here.
1: Yeah, you know the thing about the orders that 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 gives me, it makes me if I'm an order fan feel better. They're not winning these games on, you know, some guy getting four or five points or a power play that's carrying them or, you know, a goalie making forty eight saves. Like they're winning all these games on on very repeatable by very repeatable means, right? They're they're winning this game on on an excellent structure, which you can repeat every night. They're winning it on obviously very good goaltending. Uh, they're winning it on just getting enough goals. I mean, I suppose at some point, you know, when I look at the Oilers scoring two and three goals every night, I think that they're due to start scoring four and five, not mm-hmm. to get shut out. You know, this is a team that hasn't scored four and five very many times, Kev, in this streak. And look at the talent they have and look at their history. This is a club that I expect in a three-game week, I expect them to get to five at least once. And they haven't been doing that lately. So... My point is, they're winning by very repeatable means, and and I'm 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 not telling you they're going to win every night. At some point, mm-hmm. they're going to lose. But I'm not looking at something where I go, this can't last, right? Whatever they're doing right now, why can't it last? They're they're playing pretty solid, repeatable, structured hockey at this point.
0: I also look at it this way, Speck, as well with the opposition. Look at Chicago last night in Vancouver. They're just trying to hang on. And, and they did this against the Oilers. And I would expect that uh, Columbus does the same tonight. Try to hang on as long as you can uh, in a 0-0 game or a one nothing game. Stay in the fight as long as you can because once you get down 2-3, I think it's lights out. And, that, and we saw that with Chicago against the Oilers. That's, that's the type of game they want to play. They're not forcing anything. They're pulling everything back. I would imagine that's what you're going to see again with Columbus tonight. Uh, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's up to the Oilers to, you know, push the push the pace. Yeah, it's up to them to stress the Columbus defense and to stress the Columbus game that clearly doesn't just bend but often breaks, right? It's up to the Oilers to force, you know, force Columbus to take some penalties and then bury him on the power mm-hmm. play. That hasn't been happening. This power play hadn't scored many that many goals. Uh, but I think you're right, Kevin. The, the, These Both these teams have shown us over the course of half a season that, that you can stress them and have them break. And it's really up to the Oilers' offense when you're playing 28 and 30 in the league uh, to apply the pressure to them. There's no need to sit back and wait and play. Play boring, dull hockey. I think if you go at them, you can beat them. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell the Oilers how to play. They got it figured out, Kev. They don't need to listen to Mark Spector <laughs> to know how to win games. They're winning every night here.
0: <laughs> I, I wanted. To, I forgot to ask you yesterday because this is the time of the year, and I, I kind of addressed it last week in an interview I did with uh, Matthias Eckholm, about you know you have three more games. This was after the Calgary game. I said you got three more games, and then you know you're looking to a long break. So, uh, what, where does Mark Spector? What tropical location? Do you go for the uh, all star break? Where, where are you going, Spec?
1: I'm not going to a tropical location. <laughs> I had planned to go up to Jasper and do some skiing, and yeah. I still might. They're finally getting some snow, Kev. I wanted yeah. to go up and see the, uh, they, they put that new knob chair in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know everyone goes to Mexico and all that. I'd, I'm happier on a ski hill than sitting at a pool in Mexico. <laughs> Uh, so I'd like to get up and get a, get some turns in. I talked to Brian Rode up there, and he said they're getting a little snow. And I think, th- is the knob chair open now? Do we know? Have we had a ski report lately? Well,
0: here's the Duke. He's going to tell you right now. Wasn't as of last Friday, but I'm guessing maybe
2: over this weekend. Uh, I guess we'll know tomorrow's specs, so we'll have an update for you then.
1: Yeah, so that's my tropical location is uh, going up to Jasper, uh, having a hot tub and doing a little bit of skiing, man, and taking a break up in the mountains. How about you?
0: Well, I don't know, but you know what happens if you order a pizza late at night, how to get back to the hotel Specter? Jasper. I know Jasper. how to get
1: back to the hotel. You catch a <laughs> ride with that pizza delivery man, pal. <laughs> Thanks, that's bu- an old trick I learned from an old veteran once. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, buddy. We'll see you down at the rink later today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's Mark Specter um, on the mark. Energized by Booster Juice, get the boost you need at Booster Juice. When we come back, we're going to head out east, I would imagine. Frank Cervalli's made his way from Jasper Park Lodge, where Speck is going now, uh, to Philadelphia after the big uh, pond hockey excursion. So uh, that's coming up right after the break. Frank Cervalli on Sports 1440. Stay with us all right welcome back to the big program time now for the headliner of the day brought to you by mr rooter they are sports fans like all of our listeners and are pumped sports talk radio is back for all your plumbing needs go to mr rooter.ca we welcome in frank Saravalli from the daily face off uh, morning frank how was jasper
3: great time uh we had an unreal trip great group of guys and gals and uh look it was warm the conditions were near perfect plus two on Saturday, did no one got hurt, and there were no defibrillators used on me. So, I mean, I can't think of a better weekend than that.
0: Well, you sent me a picture, Frank, because I, I I shot you off a text, and I just wanted to kind of know how the weekend was going. And you sent a, a picture of the uh, uh, the rag t- ragtag uh, daily faceoff team, I guess you could call it, well, like, just to give our listeners a little uh, insight of who was on this team and how you guys did.
3: Yeah, so we had former NHL defenseman forward Jay Rosehill, uh, the pride of Olds Alberta, and he was there. uh, Nick Alberga from our – he does the Leafs morning show uh, with uh, Jay Rosehill. We also had our friend Alex from Betway and Adam Seaborn from our Playmaker headquarters in Toronto. So we had a a great uh, group of guys, and and look, we going two and one – Thought the results could have been a little bit better, but this isn't gonna shock you. But the guys from Calgary, they were they were kind of hardos. So <laughs> uh, uh, that was that was the tough part. Friday night, we're just getting there after a four hour drive, and these guys are just jamming it down our throats in the <laughs> snow. You could well, barely see the puck. They had one light tower.
0: There see, that's like a mini battle of Alberta, Frank. That's how it goes out here.
3: Yeah, what, Calgary's always trying to catch up to everyone else?
0: Exactly. Uh, yep. Text, how about this, uh, Frank? I got to throw this one at you. Text from Tiger. Get, uh, I need your comment on it. Uh, from Tiger, did you know that Frank played in the same hockey association as Johnny Hockey? Uh, and that's kind of topical with Columbus in town. Uh, let our listeners know all about that, Frank.
3: So, yeah, from the same area, same, we would have played in the same league. He's a l- bit younger than I am, so I wouldn't have crossed paths with him. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I was much more in the Nick Foligno vintage in, in my <laughs> league than I was the Johnny Gaudreau vintage.
0: Vintage. Uh, Frank Saravalli with us on Sports 1440. So we discussed this uh, last week with Corey Perry. Now he surfaces in Edmonton. What's your take on
3: that? Beautiful fit. I think the fact that they're able to add – really cory perry and holloway at the same time is a huge boost and the fact that they don't have to expend any assets to do it is is excellent i i just think when you look at this player and his style of play and what he can contribute to the rest of your room i i don't think you can put a proper value on it and i just i think the only thing better than for the oilers than all of this Happening, winning the Perry sweepstakes when there were a number of other teams in the mix is that the only thing better would have been if he played his former team in Chicago on <laughs> Thursday, but it looks like. Looks like that's going to wait until Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think Saturday's uh, his debut, where exactly he fits in the lineup. And again, I think that's one of the reasons that they got him here is that he has that ability to go from fourth line right winger. He can fill in at center. He can play anywhere and move up to even to the top six uh, to pinch I, hit up there too as well.
3: I was I was going to say, I, I'd be careful to pencil him in so far down the lineup. Mm-hmm. He might start there, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him get a, a uh, stint at 2RW uh, to see if he could be one of those guys that's feeding pucks to to dry sidle.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, again, everything, options, that's what coaches want, and, yeah. and Corey Perry uh, gives them that. Uh, around the league, Frank, as far as uh, trade deadline acquisitions and uh, trade possibilities, you've had your uh, rundown going on here for a good week now. So, uh, Sean Monaghan, and we actually had another text. Can you explain uh, to one of our listeners the fact that we will be likely two first-round picks that Montreal would get? Uh, explain that for us. Thanks.
3: Oh man, this is one of my favorite tweets of all time. So I put this out <laughs> yesterday and people weren't connecting the dot that the Habs already got a first round pick for, to take on Sean Monahan from Calgary mm-hmm. back in 2022. So they already got one. And my point is they should get another late first round pick for whoever decides to pick up Monaghan at the deadline. And the reason for that's really simple. Like he's on track for 55 points this year and people can say, "Oh, well, he's, you know, as fragile as a glass house." That that may be the case, but he's played he hasn't been hurt this year and teams only need him to be healthy for two more months after the deadline. It's not, you know, a forever thing. So you look at the way that he's played now, all the different areas that he impacts the game power play in a bumper spot or net front presence he's 95th in in the 95th percentile in the nhl this season in high danger shots penalty kill can win big faceoffs. he's fifth in the league among left-handed centermen this season with at least 600 draws like there's not a place in the game that sean monahan isn't you know helping you in some way get better and so for a late first round pick when you go through the comps whether it was Andrew Kopp or Paul Stasny or you know uh, Barkley Goodrow those are three guys that are centers in this league that all have production in the year that they were traded at a lower level than what Sean Monahan has done already to this point that that seems to be a really valid comp
0: mm-hmm. and his contract is just under 2 million so that helps teams fit him in
3: and if the Habs are willing to retain half you're talking about 500. It's actually technically under a million bucks. Uh, That's that's a pretty juicy guy to fit into your team for under a million bucks.
0: Do you think, Frank, that he's more – are more Eastern teams interested in than Western teams?
3: It's really hard to determine how many and where um, because when you look at the number of teams that are really in need of a center, like there are – Uh, certainly some teams in the East that stand out like Boston to me for one is we've been talking about that all year. The fact that they'd go into the playoffs with Charlie Coyle and Pavel Zach as their two centers, it kind of seems unlikely, but you look at the West and Winnipeg, Vancouver, you could, you could throw the Oilers into that mix now that they've sort of solved the right wing portion, hopefully with Corey Perry, that, you know, three C. What? How do they handle McLeod in that position? Certainly, a valid question to ask. Or do they turn their sights to to adding a defender now that Perry's in? Um, that remains to be seen. But like, there's no shortage of teams. Colorado, I didn't even mention. Like, yeah. that certainly could use a center.
0: Frank Servali from the Daily Off with us on Sports 1440. For the Philadelphia Flyers, who you have obviously a, a close, uh, close eye on, Frank, being from there, um, where where do you think the Flyers are? Because their expectations, they've exceeded them to be where they are right now in the standings, but do they have enough to maintain that here as we approach the deadline, and what do they do?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure that they do. I think John Tortorella has begun preparing everyone in the marketplace for that he said last week in a podcast interview that people are going to be disappointed because they have to stick to the script and there's a number of other teams you know despite a late run here or there for the Calgary Flames they've you know certainly played better in the last number of weeks or the Coyotes or whoever the Kraken whoever it might be you've got to stick to the plan and for the Flyers they were heading into this season you know, kickstarting their rebuild with the pieces that they traded away. They've vastly exceeded expectations. Can they still be a playoff team? The math would suggest yes, of course. But I, I think they're going to continue on with selling off pieces, and I, I think Sean Walker would be the guy that they're starting
0: mm-hmm. with. And Calgary's basically in the same boat, you think?
3: Yeah, look, can be a playoff team. If you are the eighth seed this year in the West, good luck. As Daryl Sutter said, it's a waste of eight days. And if the flames, you know, they're not they're not going to get lost on the you know the big picture here to try and make this year happen and not be a threat, it just further increases the pain.
0: Uh, last night, L.A. loses again in a shootout, albeit to San Jose. Where are you at with where the Kings are and where they are moving forward here?
3: They're truly one of the most confounding teams in the league. The last, you know, I'd say six to eight weeks. Like, we're talking about an extended run now. They're 9, 10, and 5. And that's, like, 500 hockey is not great in the NHL. Sub-500 is is certainly saying something. And you kind of look to pinpoint, well, yeah, they're giving up a lot, but I don't know that it's necessarily on the goalie. Mm -hmm. Cam Talbot started this year on fire, 930-some save percentage, but – His numbers since then, they're not great, but they're kind of just south of league average. He's at 897 his last, I think, 15 games. That's not awful. The Oilers and other teams have seen way worse this year, but they're just giving up too much. And part of it is, and I can't really explain this, the structure that they had through their neutral zone was so good and so crisp to start the year it's almost fallen apart and teams have picked through it way easier. I don't know why that is. You heard some questions and rumblings about Todd McClellan's job status yeah. uh, last week. Rob Blake had to address it and say point blank, uh, you know, we're not making a coaching change. And I think that's the right call. It's just, it's hard to explain a team that's this deep, that has this much talent at seemingly every position aside from goal. That they'd really be backed into the spot after starting the year so well.
0: A uh, quick text uh, from Team Dean for you, Frank. Just to double back on Monahan, is Frank hinting at the Oilers on Monahan uh, with McLeod being able to play the wing? Yada yada. Sure to be cheap depth. Thoughts on that, Frank? The Oilers well, he, and Monahan.
3: As we as we discussed, maybe acquisition wise, not incredibly cheap. But I do think the Oilers would be one of those teams that would be inquiring to say, "Hey, what's the price here? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his interest in co- in coming to Edmonton? And can we make something like this happen?" Among the list of possibilities to consider, I would have to think that Sean Monahan's on there somewhere.
0: Frank Cervalli with us on Sports 1440 uh, last night. Frank Pittsburgh and Arizona, the uh, the big own goal. Uh, what did you make of that? And just how, Sidney Crosby's reaction after the goal went in.
3: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I can't remember. And apparently, this is a first in NHL history to get a power play goal without getting a power play shot on goal. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
3: I can't, I mean, accidents happen. And I, I, you know, a couple weeks ago, earlier this month, when they kept replaying that, uh, that Dallas Stars, you know, empty netter that jumped over the stick that resulted in that other end rush by the Oilers. Some things just don't, the Patrick Steffen goal, you mean? Yeah, the yeah, Patrick, Patrick Steffen, Steffen. Then Jared Stoll,
0: the Ryan Smith, the hammer, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Like, that. how do you explain something like that? This is kind of like what that is. Is like, what, Chris Letang, <laughs> what?
0: Well, and then, like, we were saying, like, if if you were to place blame on that, are you going 50-50 on these two guys, Letang and, and Malkin?
3: I'm going more toward Latang than I am Malkin <laughs> but not by much.
0: I don't even know where to go with it. Yeah, I mean, and then uh, the reaction from Sidney Crosby, it's almost like this is how our season's been going. I don't know. Like
3: and and that that really is kind of a microcosm of the 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 Pens' entire year. Like a lot of their underlying metrics have been good. They've played their best hockey. For the most part, in the last couple weeks, they're at like a six forty-seven points percentage since the day that Kyle Dubas came out and said we have until the All-Star break to figure this out before I need to consider what to do at the deadline. And then you have a situation that pops up like last night. You look at the standings today, and you're like, oh, five points out. I know mm-hmm. those teams. You have a couple games in hand, and we still love our goal differential, which everyone says hey look that's the best you know indicator for success it's been that way for a while for the penguins since the start of the year and crosby's had this all-world year again how is this team Mm -hmm. not in the playoffs
0: no no uh anything else on your mind frank before we we cut you loose we probably do well we have one more show technically before the all-star break here on thursday but anything else uh, on your mind as we head into the break here
3: just uh trade deadline mode today i I had the monahan story yesterday today we've got uh trade destinations for jacob chikrin the oilers will be on the list Mm. but only because they were so close to getting him last year i don't i don't think he's quite what they need now but um certainly there was some pretty significant interest there last year and it came down to the wire between chikrin and eckholm so uh Chikrin trade destinations today, and a new trade targets board on Wednesday. That'll give us plenty to chew up on Thursday.
0: Beautiful. Well, a thirteen-game winning streak definitely helps uh, when you're trying to attract players, doesn't it?
3: It's thirteen plus the eight earlier, and it's <laughs> what twenty-one and three. Yeah, twenty. Well,
0: yeah, twenty-three and six under Knoblock. So that means.
3: So, but tw- I think they're yeah. twenty one and three in their last twenty four. Exactly. Yeah. Insane.
0: Insane. Uh Frank, thanks so much for this. We'll uh yak at you on Thursday. Have a good one, bud. Sounds good. See ya. All right, that's Frank Saravalli, daily face off. And our headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Rooter. There's a reason that they call them Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to Mr. when we come back. Brent Sake, world's longest hockey game. Kids edition. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Time now for our, uh, are we going to do the game of the day here, Duke? Yeah, let's do the game of the day. And it's a little different game of the day because it's uh, the St. Albert Dodge game of the day, which is going to last, well, four days, I guess, technically. So the game of the day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Uh, They have 165 ram, 1500s. All dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a savings up to $14,000. And it's a busy weekend coming up out at Sakers Acres uh, just uh, east of town as the world's longest hockey game, kids' edition, uh, hits the ice. Well, we hope it hits the ice because of the weather. Uh, Let's welcome in Brent Sake, uh, who's been behind this world's longest hockey game and baseball games for Coming up, two decades here, Saker. Uh, how you doing, big fella?
2: Good, buddy. Thanks for the country music.
0: Well, you know what? When that song <laughs> came on, first of all, I think to all all the heavy metal that you forced <laughs> us to listen to for the world's longest games over the years, and here's a yeah, country I know. song. <laughs>
2: And by the way, I don't like that Monday song either. <laughs> Very good. You know what? I was
0: thinking the one time I saw you play in the band, the country band. What was the name of that band? Because you were obviously you do a lot of the heavy metal stuff. But
2: five greys and a blonde. Oh man! They were all above seventy, and I was the only one that had blonde hair. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm the ugliest guy in the band too. There you go. So. We were, we were going to have you in studio here, Saker. You, you shot me off a text yeah. at 2.30 in the morning saying, you know what? It's like, well, I mean, from from Saker's Acres to West Edmonton Mall, you're looking at, you know, a good hour and a half commute there and back. So, and you, because you needed to stay out there. You got to get the ice down just because you're looking ahead at the forecast. How, how, yeah, but, how, yeah, how are preparations coming along
2: here? Yeah, I apologize. I wanted to come in and see your new digs and stuff. And, uh, uh, but now's the time that we have to build ice. So it's, it's a matter of if the weather is going to be warm, we know that the ice is going to melt this weekend. So originally we didn't have to worry in that minus 40. We figured (laughs) it'd be good, right?
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) And now, I got to put an extra two or three inches on before we start the game because during the game we're probably going to lose a lot of ice, and mm-hmm. we're going to make sure it's good for the kids to play. So, so I'm kind of on night shift now. Got to build at night, and and we'll make it happen.
0: So, what's the base, and how much ice do you do you think you'd need for if it's going to get to be what six plus six and plus seven here on the weekend?
2: The uh, when we play the adult game, because of the length of time with the 11 days and change or whatever it is now, we try to get about a foot and a half of ice. And here I've got, uh, as you know, just a crew of friends that mm-hmm. that spend their time away from their wives and whatnot um, doing this. And we're probably going to have, we're guessing about eight, nine inches maybe right. before the game starts, which should last us to four days.
0: So, Brent Sake, with us, uh, world's longest hockey game, kids edition for the second uh, year now. So, how did this come about? What was the genesis behind this idea? Because the world's longest game that I was lucky enough to, that you asked me to play in five times, um, it's such a big, big undertaking. This is, I guess, it's toned down just a tad. But what what was this all about to to kind of keep this this going in the seasons? You're not doing the world's longest game
2: it was a great conversation with a couple of players a year ago uh, with RT and Dusty that uh, uh, our kids being friends, they said, Hey, we should do something. They're out skating. And I said, Hey, we should do something. And my son, Jesse goes, yeah, I want to do this dad. And I go, Oh my God. Okay. Are you sure, Jesse? And, and it was pretty cool. And of course you bring a tear to my eye, Kevin, actually it's when I hear your voice, you bring a tear to my eye, but this is another time. Um, <laughs> but they, uh, they, they said, we want to play dad. We want to try to do what you do. And um, and it was just, it was magic watching these three boys go, yeah, we can do this. You guys take a year off and, and get ready for the next year and uh, we'll take care of this year and raise some money. That's really what it was. And it was, it wasn't adults kind of bringing this up. It was kids bringing this up to adults saying, why can't we do this for you? Yeah. So that's what it was.
0: So, how many kids? What are the ages? And you'll be starting Thursday night, I guess, right?
2: Yeah, Thursday at three o'clock is puck drop, and uh, Kevin Lowe, thankfully, is going to do that for us this year. Um, it's uh, I, I gotta, uh, fifty, just under fifty kids that are going to play, and I'm going to reach out because uh, due to illness and stuff, we've had a few kids drop out. Mm-hmm. So, um, willslongestgame.ca. Send me an email because we need a few kids and the the age group is between 10 and 16 years old and it's not that you have to a lot of the kids that are playing don't play organized hockey they're just putting their their blades on and doing stuff it's not uh we're not looking for certain levels of hockey that are doing this uh just uh just the ability to stay awake for four days that's all I want from a ten year old
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's all you know that's all but, so how how do the, what was the reaction from the kids I guess the first time around, and how many kids from the first time are going to be playing again this time?
2: There's about about half are playing from the first game um, and the reaction is uh it, I'm a little embarrassed for me when when you and I played Kevin and stuff we'd wake up in the morning and we'd moan and groan a little bit and tell a joke. And then we'd, we'd get our boots on and go out there. And, um, but the kids, it's, it's incredible. They're, they're never tired. They don't complain. Uh, they just sit around and they say, Oh, you got to play another hour. And they just kind of look at you. Okay. And I said, Oh, someone didn't show up. Can you play another? Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a cool experience to see what, uh, I, I honestly believe sometimes we don't, give kids enough credit on what they're capable of. And I saw it last year and I I can't wait to see, see it again this year.
0: Brent Sake with us on sports 1440, uh, the game of the day will be the games of the days actually for uh, St. Albert Dodge as you get underway Thursday afternoon till three. And then when, when do you enter on Sunday Saker? Sunday at 6 o'clock. 6 p.m. So, kind of, the, that was the best part, obviously. Uh, again, lucky enough to do this five times with you. Uh, when you first started this in 03, I always keep, and I give you the gears all the time. That, that 03 <laughs> game was a cheap imitation of what happened in 05 and 08 and 11 and 15 and 18. Yeah. But that that first one, because uh, it was at a different place, so obviously, not where you are at right now, and you guys were, yeah. just, were just jammed in the garage. Just jammed in there, 40 guys, no showers, no nothing.
2: <laughs> well, we had a hot tub. Don't yes. forget that. That oh. was kind of our relaxation and our soup, if you want to oh, call it.
0: Oh, that just gross <laughs> in there, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, this is all, I guess, the main part here is to raise money for for cancer. Where are you at, I guess, the total money amount raised after all the longer games and then the kids coming up here? Where are you at for money raised with all the world's longest games for uh, cancer research?
2: I think close to $8 million or something is, is sort of where we are over this, over the time. We're doing something that's pretty pretty crazy this year. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of it. There's There's many different places that you can... Uh, give money to, you can do it to the Alberta Cancer Foundation, the Cure Cancer, the the Stollery, the Ben Stelter, um, just name them all. And uh, we're going to have all of the people here at the opening ceremonies this time, we've all just kind of had a small little chat and said, where do we all think this should go? So the money this year is going to go to programs that uh, that Mike had, uh, had, had helped set up through the Stollery. Stollery has a program that we're gonna give money to. The ACF supported program that we're gonna give money through through the Cure Cancer Foundation and the U of A. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, it's it's gonna be uh I'm I'm hoping it's it's gonna change a little bit on how we think about what we do and and our process of uh of, of trying to cure cancer is just getting everyone together on the same board table. And, um, let's do it all this way. And and I'm excited for it. It's going to, it's going to be how the rest of our baseball and hockey games Mm -hmm. go that's how we're going to do it from now on. We're putting everybody on one table and say, let's do this together.
0: And you're talking about Mike Stelter, uh, as we're with Brent Sake on Sports 1440. So, uh, And then, Mike, with, with Ben Stelter last year, how uh, emotional, how cool, how neat was it to kind of be involved uh, because Ben was such a big part of the community, the Oilers, and then uh, and Mike has to go through all the treatments again just recently. So just uh, we'll talk about that relationship.
2: Um, you know, I... I I met Mike through the game last year and and I had one little dinner chat with him and he was explaining to me about a process when his son was going through where he couldn't get a walker and things like that. So that program Mike is supporting through the Stollery and uh, we're going to do the same thing uh, through that that's – so well needed uh, we we always of course are trying to cure cancer but there's also things that we need to do to help people through that process as well mm-hmm. to make their lives easier mm-hmm. um, so I'm I'm enjoying that process the uh, Dr. Nobre at the U of A is doing some research that unfortunately it was a cancer that Mike and Ben are uh, dealing with and that process we're we're going to be giving money through the U of A to try and help um help try to cure brain cancer because that's mm-hmm. the most common cancer for children and uh there's there's uh, yeah i mean i can go on and on yeah. but I'm starting to cry, so I don't want
0: to. <laughs> well, I mean, even go back, Saker, as we're with Brent Sake on Sports 1440. Go back yeah. to when your dad Terry was uh, going through treatments and and was very ill, and you know he said to you, you know, I don't want to see any kids in here. That was that was kind of yeah. how this all started going, right?
2: That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, <coughs>
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, I know it's tough. every giving? time. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough every time we talk about this. We get we get really emotional, and that's just. But that's because yeah. you put your heart and soul into this, Brent. And the other thing that I, I think I got have to just let our listeners know all about it. Uh, for, uh, and I, I assume that it doesn't work that way for the kids. But when when we were when I, again lucky enough to be uh, in the five years, five times for the world's longest game, all the players paid to play. And, yeah. and because you said you would say, well, why should we take money out of the the pot that gets raised? Uh, to pay for lights pay for food and once you got the ball rolling I, I think basically the you know the the amount that we paid was to for propane and and then it was for lights and power but once the ball started rolling a lot of these bigger companies came in and you know a propane guy would come by with his truck and, and fire up everything in the in the trailers and uh, water and things like that so is that how, how much does that mean to you i guess yeah
2: well, it's the same process again for the kids. The kids aren't obviously. We don't want them to pay to play, uh, but their parents are. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they've gotten out and gotten sponsors. One one uh, child's dad's getting us some light pants plants, so they're they're helping us put the game on. Um, but our our simple simple math, and I, I really try. Thanks for bringing that up. Mm-hmm. I, I try really hard to express to people that every cent goes. It's not a net game. Yeah. And, and and I respect all fundraising events and stuff, and it costs money to make money, and we all know that um, these events that we put on here, I'm so lucky with the, the people, like some of these people have been supporting me for 20-some years. Yeah. Same people every year, whether it's baseball, hockey, kids' game, adult game. It's the same people that say, what do you need, Brent? Okay, well, I appreciate it. Um, so we're, it's the same simple math and I think it's part of why we've been able to uh, carry this on for 20 years I I respect that every event has its day and and I'm hoping this one doesn't (laughs) but um I think that's part of the reason is people realize that um, whatever if we raise a dollar, we give a dollar. If we raise a million, we give a million. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm really proud of that. And it's it's just a thank you to everybody that helps us do this.
0: Yeah, I, I was really proud about that angle, too. Uh, World's baseball, longest baseball game you mentioned. Man, you were the worst player out there at Tellus Field that first year. Oh I couldn't believe that you struck out on the first three pitches that were thrown by I Jeff can't. Toner.
2: I can't believe that you had <laughs> a, uh, a a fire on your heels. What, what I got, what yeah, I got hot license. footed. Hot footed, yeah.
0: I got hot footed, but then we that was a, that was funny on in the dugout at Tellus Field because <laughs> it ended up about ten guys
2: got it. Yeah, oh. yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, I built a ball diamond this summer, so we'll be yes. playing that. Uh, in next, well, this September. Wow.
0: Uh, anything I'm missing here, Saker, you want to add for the weekend? I mean, uh, you still need referees, I assume, and stuff like that?
2: Yes, we're, like I say, we're missing a handful of players uh, between the age of 10 and 16 at worldslongestgame.ca, and that's yeah. where you can go to donate and and do things. And, and really, it's the same math as always. Please, please come to our place mm-hmm. at any hour of the day. It's all day, all night, uh, just come and cheer us on and uh, i know when i'm playing if i see one or two people in the yeah. stands at four in the morning that gets me going so it'd be nice to have that for the kids too
0: well thanks for hopping on here we'll get some more uh, water down and uh, get some ice built up for the weekend <laughs> appreciate it thanks, thanks Brent. okay that's uh, brent's sake world's longest hockey game kids edition yeah upwards of eight million dollars now raised and i'll be honest uh, I was again fortunate to do it five times uh, over the years it's it's a wonderful event in the sense that it really it tests you to f- to figure out who you are and like where you come from and what you can be and what's important friends family uh raising money and the people that you lost and the people that are fighting cancer, it's it's an, an important part of our city, and, and Brent's been doing a great job for oh, 20 years now uh, with various events. Uh, that is the game of the day, or the games of the days, brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail to St. Albert Dodge and see how easy it is to do business with the great people. Uh, check out StAlbertDodge.com. When we come back... Former NHLer and Hall of Famer Grant Fuhrer will join us, our co-host, every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update brought to you by Tommy Guns. Our unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look. And, get this, you can get the best hot towel shave experience in all of Canada, hands down, without a shadow of a doubt. Book now at TommyGuns.com. Here is the Duke.